Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. What's up, girlfriend? I'm so glad that you are here for today's episode because it's a special one. So it is my mom's 60th birthday, and I thought it would be really fun to come on here and to share six lessons that I've learned from my mom over the years. So six lessons for 60 decades. 60 decades? Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, six lessons for six decades to celebrate her 60th birthday. Oh my gosh. Mom, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. You know that math is not (laughs) my forte. Okay. That said, let's get into it. But real quick, (laughs) before we do, I wanted to say, like I meant to say this before, um, but I got distracted by my 60 decades comment. Um, that even though these are lessons that I've pulled from my mom as her daughter, um, I really think these lessons are going to be applicable to you as well as an ambitious woman with goals and dreams and all that kind of stuff, right? So now let's officially get into it. So the first lesson I want to share with you that I've learned from my mom is how to be resourceful. So, um, I got to take you back, like, a couple of years, more than a couple of years. <laughs> so when I was in high school, my mom started her own business and she started it because we were a commuting family. So I grew up in rural Minnesota and to get anywhere, to get to the store, to get to school, to get to the community center, like whatever it is that you wanted to do, you had to drive bare minimum, like 10 to 20 minutes um, to get to a town. And so the high school that my brothers and I went to was 45 minutes away. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that we were a family of swimmers. So practice would start at 5, 5.30. So, (laughs) you know, we were getting up really early and then coming home late, really late. (laughs) Because, you know, you'd have practice at 4 o'clock and it would get done at 6 and then you'd have to drive. You know, so it was just, it made for really long days, right? And... So my mom was like, you know, I just don't want to be making two trips into town every single day. Like that's a lot of wear and tear on the vehicle. That's a lot of, um, you know, extra commuting time. That's a lot of gas. (laughs) So she just decided that she wasn't going to drive 45 minutes into town, 45 minutes back home (laughs) twice a day because it was just such a waste of time, such a drain on resources. And so she just decided that she was going to launch a cleaning business. And one day I remember she put up flyers at the local YMCA. And then like two days later, she got a phone call for the first job. And then it just, the business just grew from there. It exploded and it was a full-fledged revenue making business. And it was just so cool. And it came from a place of immense resourcefulness. So resourceful by definition is having the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome difficulties. 
And in this case, I think that the commute and all the downsides of the um, of the commuting or the wear and tear on the vehicle, the gas prices, all that kind of stuff, um, that was the difficulty. And my mom navigated it by starting that cleaning business. And it was just such a smart and creative and brave solution to a problem in that particular season of life. I'm just never, ever going to forget that. And because I saw my mom be that resourceful in that situation where she could have just been like bitter or just like, you know, said whatever, the gas prices suck, the wear and tear to the vehicle just is what it is, like whatever. She didn't do that. She didn't stay there. And over the years, that's encouraged me to also then be resourceful by finding my own creative solution to problems that come up. And I really think that the bottom line here with being resourceful is that my mom has taught me to never be a victim. There is always a solution to a problem. You just need to challenge yourself to be as resourceful as possible. And as an ambitious woman, I'm sure that you can connect to that. So that brings me to number two. The second lesson I've learned from my mom over the years is to think from multiple angles. So my mom is an Enneagram 9, which means that she's really good at considering all the possibilities and all the options, and she takes her time deciding. Whereas sometimes I can be like, ah, checklist, Enneagram 1 protocol, gotta check it off, like it's this or that, and just plow forward. (laughs) And I don't consider, depending on the situation, as many options and angles as I could. And this was particularly evident, like when I think about options and angles, I always think of the time that we were planning our wedding. And so (laughs) I distinctly remember one summer day where it was like a a year out from the wedding and we went into a flower shop in one of the towns that are like 20 minutes away um, from my house. And one option for flowers was presented to us and it was like these clear vases with stones on the bottom and like floating flowers in the water or whatever right and then some of the other vases like were different sizes and there were candles it was really really pretty very traditional centerpiece looking thing (laughs) and so I remember thinking like right on the spot with that very first option that was presented to us like sold let's do that and in the moment my mom agreed Um, but looking back you could tell she wasn't super into it right especially because it was the first option that I chose. I wasn't considering other angles, other options, other possibilities. So then fast forward <laughs> to a couple of months later and you know, I was well into um, writing my dissertation, teaching, like a lot of things were, were going on and I was just so stressed and so flustered. And she calls me and she's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I canceled the centerpiece flower order And, you know, instead of doing that, I'm going to make the flowers. I'm going to make them out of books. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like this is stress I don't need. But you know what, mom? I love you. I trust you. Like you do you. Just take it off my plate. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. Right. And she ended up making the flowers for our wedding. They are beautiful. I will link um, the the link to the blog article, the blog post that I that I made about it because you have to check out these flowers. They're gorgeous and they really fit our theme, our wedding theme of books and sparkles. And it was just, oh, they were just amazing. It was the right choice. So point here <laughs> is that my mom over the years has taught me that taking a step back to consider more options can be so 
beneficial because if you rush into it, you might end up with something or someone or in some place that you don't want to be, right? It is okay to take your time. And I know that as an ambitious woman, you can totally connect to that because sometimes we might feel like we're being too wishy-washy or we're taking too much time to decide on something, but that is not true. Considering the full broad spectrum of possibilities and options and angles um, is a really, really good thing. And that brings me to lesson number three, which is to be thoughtful. So my mom is one of the most thoughtful people that I know (laughs) on this planet. And I think her thoughtfulness goes hand in hand with being an Enneagram 9. Because by definition, thoughtful means showing consideration for the needs of other people. And my mom has, has, is, does, (laughs) always constantly showing other people how much they mean to her by doing things that shows that she cares and she supports them and loves them. So for example, when my brother Mike went to college, um, the summer after his freshman year, he had to live in a really, really crappy apartment for the summer. And she went to visit him and she got him all set up. (laughs) Um, She knew that he was in a, a season of serious training for swimming to the point where being a athlete was a full-time job for him. It was about the training, the rest, the sleeping, the rest and sleeping. That's pretty much the same thing. (laughs) But like the the eating, all of it. Like swimming was his full-time job. And so she showed up to support him by making him months and months and months (laughs) of really nutritious um, frozen food for him that he could pull out of the freezer and use to, um, oh, what's the word? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to fuel his body, right? Because that's what he needed um, in that moment. And then when my other brother, Keegan, was diagnosed with cancer, my mom went down to Charlotte where he was located at the time and she got him set up. She knew that he would be recovering from surgery and that he'd be having chemo. So she made sure to anticipate his every need, making sure that they had furniture, making sure they had food. She also did a ton of meal prep for him and she brought um, a lot of fun (laughs) into the house at that time as well. And then as for me, (laughs) um, I remember a time in grad school when I was doing my comprehensive exam. So it was a week-long writing challenge, essentially. Um, And I'm not going to go into all the details, but basically over the course of a week, I had to turn in 50 polished pages of research writing, essentially. (laughs) And at that time, my mom demonstrated so much thoughtfulness. This is going to sound so weird, but by leaving me alone, by not calling, by giving me my space, because that's what I needed at that time, in that moment. She waited for me to call her at certain times of the day when I needed, um, when I needed a break, (laughs) honestly, right? So, um, and I know that example is so weird, but like my mom is such a thoughtful person and that has been such a gift to our family. It's something that I've tried to do and tried to model in my own life and in my own relationships. She's literally taught me to ask myself, how can I show up for my husband or my friend or my students or my family or whoever? How can I make them feel loved and cherished and seen and heard? How can I meet their needs? And as an ambitious woman, I know that you know (laughs) that all the goals in the world aren't worth it if we lose the people that we love along the way because we're too focused on crushing our to-do lists. Chasing goals obviously is important, but what's also important is pouring into those we love and showing up for them and considering what they need to. 
I hope that you are enjoying this special episode that celebrates all the fantastic lessons I've learned from my mom over the years, but I had to pop in just really fast to tell you about my introduction to writing your nonfiction book course, which launches, if you are listening to this in real time, on August 29th of 2022. So many of you are sliding into my DMs on Instagram telling me that you want to write books, but you don't know where to start, or you're scared because you don't identify as a writer, or you're not sure if your idea is good enough, or you're worried that the market is too saturated, or you're just not sure what to talk about for a whole 150 to 300 pages. Trust me, girlfriend, (laughs) I see you and I hear you. And that is exactly why I've created the perfect course for you. My PhD in English, writing a book of my own with tons more in the works, and 10 plus years of teaching writing empowers me to guide you through the entire process of writing a book in a way that's fun, tactical, and helps you navigate all of these things that are holding you back right now. In the course, you're going to get access to four weeks of pre-recorded videos, group coaching, and one-on-one coaching for a really, really affordable price. And I promise you that you're going to leave the course feeling confident with the skills and the mindset that you need to write your book. At the end of the day, the desire to write a book has been placed on your heart for a reason. Will this book writing journey stretch you to new heights and new lengths? Of course, of course it will. But you know what? It's also going to be so damn worth it. So let's you and I link arms and let's lean into the fear and the unknown and the craziness of this dream of yours together because what you have to say and the impact your book is going to make on other women really, really freaking matters. So if you're interested in the course, please DM me on Instagram at Marie, and we can chat more about it. I love you. I believe in you and I cannot wait to hear from you and help you get your book out and into the world. So without further ado, let's dive back into today's episode. And those are just some of the many, many, many (laughs) thoughtful things that my mom has done for us over the years. In fact, like, oh my gosh, she has made us homemade lunches every single day. Like she did when we were growing up, obviously. Not now. (laughs) Um, She would write notes on our napkins in those lunches. She would leave us surprises in our lockers on Halloween and Valentine's Day. She would attend um, my academic conferences. She'd go to our swim meets, track meets. She would share in our victories and be there to comfort us when we were sad, like when we were mad, whatever. Like I said, she is the most thoughtful person ever. And so much of what she's done for me and my brothers um, is what I hope to do someday as a parent too. Being thoughtful, whether it's a big or small action, is always a good thing. And so that brings me to number four, which is to be present and enjoy the moment. So I'm convinced (laughs) that there are two types of people in this world. The type of people who eat all the cookies, which is me, and the type of people that can immensely enjoy the stuffing out of just one cookie. And that would be my mom. (laughs) My mom is a one cookie person and she goes all in, no guilt, full enjoyment of that singular cookie right? Or maybe a plate of French fries or a day at the lake or an evening with our family on the porch. It doesn't matter what it is. She is so good at being present and really enjoying whatever it is in front of her. She doesn't need to take a picture of her food like I do. Oh my gosh, raise your hand if you're guilty of that. 
Um, she's just so present and she's so mindful in the moment that she doesn't need a picture to remember what the food is like, right? She's just so focused um, on just enjoying the food and enjoying the company and the moment to be distracted by her phone. Like Luke Danes on my favorite TV show, Gilmore Girls, which my mom actually, fun fact, also loves that show. When my mom is in, she is all in. She doesn't let shoulds or guilt or a problem that she can deal with at a later date and time tarnish the moment. And as an ambitious woman, I am sure that you can connect to this as well because once again, it's so easy for our ambition to pull our attention into 9 million different directions, right? Where we're trying to be with our friends and family, but our phone keeps pinging and Instagram is dinging and OMG, we just need to do one more thing and then we swear we'll be, you know, disconnected, unplugged, all of that kind of stuff, right? Like I have done that and said that so many times and like full disclosure, it's something that I'm actively working on in real time right now. It's a whole part of my level the F up um, season, right? To really work on enjoying the moment and being present. And I just keep thinking about my mom as I work on this because she is such a role model, such um, a light and a beacon of inspiration for this because she can totally ignore messages <laughs> and, you know, the internet and problems and all the stuff going on, the chaos around her. Um, and just give you her undivided attention, which is just so cool. All the notifications, all the noise can wait. You know, she firmly believes that we can get to all that stuff later, right? Because what we can't get back is that quality time with our friends, with our families in the moment. And it's just such a good reminder, I think, to enjoy your life and to enjoy um, the people in it. And that brings me to lesson number five, which is to be my own advocate. So by definition, being a self-advocate or being your own advocate means an individual's ability to effectively communicate, convey, negotiate, or assert his or her own interests, desires, needs, and rights. So growing up, I constantly saw my mom modeling this sense of self-advocacy in nearly every single situation, whether it was at the doctor's office or the dentist, the eye doctor, school, the store, a car dealership, like no matter the situation, my mom was always asking questions for clarification. She stood up for herself if she didn't think something was right or if it was a good fit or it was fair or whatever. And I never ever saw her feel guilty or silly or stupid for doing so. And there's one time I will never, ever forget. <laughs> I was in sixth grade and some event or something was going on at school. I totally don't remember what it was, but it was something. <laughs> and I got home and my mom asked me a question about it, but I didn't know the answer. And she was like, well, did you ask your teacher about it? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no, I did not. And then there on the spot, my mom was like, Maggie, you've got to be able to ask questions. It's okay to not know things, but it's not okay to stay silent and to do nothing and to stay confused. And holy guacamole, that changed everything. <laughs> that changed everything. So she started to make me ask questions for myself. Sometimes, you know, obviously like when you're a little kid in elementary school or middle school, like, you know, she could have called the school or asked for me, but she made me do a lot of the asking so that I could get comfortable with being my own advocate. And that was such an invaluable lesson that has served me so well over the years, especially um, in school and like in medical situations and stuff like that, right? 
Um, so another memory <laughs> just popped into my head. Um, my, my senior year of undergrad, um, I needed a lot of extra help with a geography class with the essential studies model. You had to take like, what was it? Oh my gosh. I don't even remember like 12 credits or something of like math and science. So of course I procrastinated <laughs> because I don't like math and science. Um, so I was taking this geography lab class and I really needed to be my own advocate. I needed to get the extra help that I needed to be able to pass the class and go on to grad school um, during office hours, right? And I didn't need to feel bad or stupid or like I was bothering the grad student who actually was teaching the class. It was a part of his job to help me. And I couldn't get that help if I didn't open my mouth and ask for the assistance. And then as an ambitious woman, I know that you can connect to this because we have got to be our own advocates because we are not. <laughs> we are not. Like a lot of movies and video games would have us think damsels in distress. We cannot wait around for other people to ask the questions, to stand up for us, or to give us what we need and what we deserve. We have got to be bold and brave and do that stuff for ourselves. So if you're at the doctor's office or you're at work or you're taking a course or you're in a relationship and you don't understand something or your needs are not being met, open your mouth and ask the question or ask for what you need because you deserve it and you're worth it. And then last but not least, we've got number six, which is to be resilient. So back in the day, my mom was an exceptionally talented runner. She was set to win state her senior year of high school in the 800, which is two laps around the track if you're not familiar. Um, but tragedy struck when she was so amped up. She was so excited. She was so ready. And she accidentally false started. And uh, it was one of those situations where you're one and done, like one of the worst possible nightmares for an athlete, right? Um, so what that means is that you fall start and you're out, you're done, you're, you don't get the chance to run the race. And so she lost the state title. Um, and of course she was devastated, right? Like that was her race to win. But instead of letting that moment, um, that tragedy define her or quitting altogether, she rose like a resilient phoenix from the ashes and she walked on to the University of Minnesota and she took the cross-country season off to get her mindset right and to train. And she bounced back for the track season that year. And she ended up getting a scholarship. And she had an amazing running career. She set a school record at the University of Minnesota. She finished in the top three at the Big Ten. And she earned the title of All-American. And we were told that story <laughs> um, that I just told you. So many times growing up, which taught my brothers and I that bad stuff can happen with sports and academics and life, but we have the power and the potential within us to choose to be resilient because yes, resilience is a choice. We absolutely have to choose to recover from a difficulty and claw our way back if we want to. And I know as an ambitious woman, you absolutely can connect to that, right? Because part of chasing goals and stretching ourselves to achieve our dreams is getting knocked down. It is. It just is a part of the process. But it's also all about picking ourselves back up. And when that happens, we can decide to stay down and out or to do the difficult but aligned thing, which is to have a good cry <laughs> or a good scream or take a good big long break and then to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and keep going. And as we say, 
<laughs> in Minnesota. Oofta, that was a lot. <laughs> so let's just quick recap the six lessons from my mom. Number one, how to be resourceful. While we were at school, my mom ran her cleaning business so that she didn't have to make two 45-minute trips into town a day, saving on gas money and wear and tear on the vehicle. Number two, how to consider different angles and options and possibilities. So while it's so tempting (laughs) to jump in and just make a decision really quickly, there's so much beauty that can come from taking our time and considering all possible options in order to make the best, most aligned decision. Number three, how to be thoughtful. Do something nice for somebody else because they're important and because they matter to you. Obviously, consider your own needs, but also consider the needs of others. Number four, how to be present and enjoy the moment. So let's not let our cell phones and social media and our to-do list and all that other stuff that we've got going on make our minds wander somewhere else when we really should be present where our feet are. Be in the moment and enjoy it because friends and family are so much more important than our to-do lists. And number five, how to be your own advocate. Nobody else is going to save you. So you've got to ask questions, stand up for yourself, and ensure that your needs are met. And number six, how to be resilient. It is up to you to decide that you're going to claw your way back. So as you can see, my mom is an incredible person. She's so full of light. She's so much fun. She has the world's most contagious laugh and smile. And I swear, she's just made up of everything that's good in this world. And these are just six of the many, many, many lessons (laughs) I've learned from her over the years. Um, She's just had such an impact on who I am, how I show up in this world. And I honestly would not be doing all the things that I'm doing right now with the publishing company, with my books, with anything without her. So mom, merm, (laughs) if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for being so incredible and happy 60th birthday. And to you, the woman listening in, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I know it was a little bit different, but I hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being here with me. And if you resonated with today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you could just share it with a friend or a coworker or somebody in your life that you think would vibe with our mission of the Power Within Her podcast, where we are all about self-empowerment and building a life that excites us. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day and we will chat again soon.